Attention listeners, learn, grow, do, repeat with Jamie Tatino. You know we'll never be 100% perfect, though you can chase it. Every piece of knowledge you add to your tool belt just makes you a more rounded person. Jamie is going to be raining value every single episode, along with the amazing guests that he has on the show. They'll be from all walks of life, from all different industries, all sharing their amazing and individual unique stories. Everyone has a story. Everyone has learnings from their experiences, and we want to share that with you. As Jamie loves to say, let's go get it. Hello, 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 and welcome to Learn, Grow, Do, Repeat with Jamie Tatino. Uh, this is a very special episode we have here. We are live across Facebook, Instagram, Zoom. Uh, there's probably many other platforms that we have no idea what's going on, but it's all happening. Uh, I can hear Nick, and Nick, you can hear me, and I just gave away the name of our special guest. So I'm going to cut straight <laughs> to the chase. Um, this is someone who's got a very, very powerful story and very transformational story uh, through her own, her own journey and her own traumas that she's gone through and experiences. Uh, to now being a holistic coach, a WFF pro. Uh, and something that I really connected with was something that she's on a mission. She's on a mission to create an environment, a safe environment for people, especially women as well to share. Um, so we have on the next episode, Nikki Casa. Welcome. Welcome. Thanks, Jamie. Thank you for having me. I'm very grateful and excited to be here and uh, speak to everyone on on multiple platforms yeah. about my journey and my story and um, where you know what's taking me to get to where I am today. Awesome, awesome. Well, we're going to uh, we've got a bit of time together and we'll make sure that we can get through maybe some of that Q and A that we set up yesterday as well from all the all the amazing guests that we had uh, the people on online that sent some things through. So, but to get started, I'm going to get straight into a bit of rapid fire. Right, so. Quick question, <laughs> answers, uh, first thing that comes to mind. Here we go. Favourite song right now? Um, I'd say Claire de Lune by Debussy. Okay, okay. Claire. I, I like to write these songs down because a lot of them I've never heard of. Like, <laughs> what are these people listening to? Like, what are these people listening to? I love it. Favourite song to get pumped up to? Definitely In a Bloom by Rufus. Ooh, Rufus, yes, yes. Uh, Favourite movie? Oh, it'd have to be like the underworld vampire movies. <laughs> What's it called? Twilight. Twilight, like those ones? Uh, no, nah, the, the real uh, action ones. Definitely not Twilight from that response. <laughs> <laughs> Favourite book? Power of Now. Okay, nice, nice. Uh, Favourite TV show? Probably like Jamie Oliver's cooking shows. <laughs> Anyone in particular? Because he's got like 15 different things that he's doing. Oh, uh, I don't know. I just love, he's just got good banter. True. He's a bit of a character, isn't he? <laughs> Your biggest celebrity slash sporting idol growing up. Oh my God. This is so embarrassing, but it was Avril Lavigne growing up. I was obsessed with her. Had <laughs> some good songs. She did. You want, you want to hear something a little bit more embarrassing? So for me... Uh, when I was younger playing junior footy, uh, we, my, obviously my parents would drive me to the games and we used to, I used to make CDs because I was pretty cool back then. Uh, and Avril Lavigne was like my pre-game song that I would always listen to. What was it, what was it called? Like Skater Boy. Uh, yes. Skater Boy was the best. Yeah, totally. So I used to listen to that on the way to footy as like a 14-year-old. There you go. But I never there told anyone know. that until now. <laughs> um, <laughs> one thing that you hate or dislike and you can't say coriander. Ooh. 
Oh, that's a hard one. Oh, I don't know. I feel like I really dislike when my clients tell me that they can't do something. Like there, it might be like a a lift, a particular movement. And I, and I'm like, it's only two and a half kilos heavier and end up doing it. So I feel like a bit of a self doubt in a dialogue is what I really dislike. Totally. Totally. That, that, that limiting belief, that limiting belief, Mm. Um, funniest or craziest thing you've done. I reckon the craziest thing I've done was moving to, uh, moving into state, moving here to Sydney. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Where from? From Adelaide. Adelaide. Adelaide to Sydney. Adelaide. Oh, <laughs> out of all places, why not the amazing Melbourne? Um, well, Sydney's got a really good platform for the health and fitness industry. Yeah. Um, and my coach is based here in Sydney. So oh, right. just I'll felt like the right. Time. I'll let it slide. <laughs> <laughs> hey, are you more of a book or audio book person? Book, hardcover. Real? Okay, okay. I like it. Summer or winter? Summer vibes. Summer vibes. Love it. Proudest moment personally for yourself and in, uh, in life in general? Um, I think the proudest moment for myself was uh, my first public speaking event that I did back in March this year. Awesome. Um, that was, that was a big breakthrough through for me because that was something I feared a lot in high school. Um, so to step out of that fear and, um, and do a public speaking event was probably a proud moment for myself. Awesome. Awesome. Love it. Amazing. Uh, tell us something that no one knows about you. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I used to actually, um, I used to be an opera singer. Opera. Yeah, actually, I've never, I don't think I've told anyone that. I used to do opera singing and I was actually, I wasn't bad at it. I was pretty good. Um, I went into like a Stedford competitions and things like oh, yeah. that. So, I yeah. did not expect that. <laughs> so what happened? Did you just give it up because life happened or like did it, like, what, what happened in a way? Yeah, I think that there's a part of me that remembers thinking it wasn't cool and... Uh, okay. I wanted to do like pop singing and, you know, sing Avril Avril Lavigne Lavigne and (laughs) yeah. So I went out of that and went into different kind of singing. Awesome. Love it. Love it. So do you still sing now or not really? No. (laughs) Okay. I'm not going to get you to sing. It's okay. Totally fine. Totally fine. Um, If you could choose to have lunch with any one person in the world, past or present, and you got two hour time limit, who would it be? Michelle Obama. Ooh, good one. Nice one. Nice one. She's cool. uh, greatest, greatest thing that you've learned. Hardship and adversity makes us stronger. Nice. Nice. And that, that actually does last a lifetime. That's not something that you learn today and it's, you know, gone tomorrow. Like that there's with you forever. I love it. What was 10 yeah. year old Nikki like? <laughs> I was a skinny, so skinny. I was so skinny and blonde. I was blonde. I'm naturally a blonde, um, very free spirited and ballet dancer. And loved Avril Lavigne. And loved Avril Lavigne. <laughs> um, what's one trait, uh, final question of rapid fire. What's one trait or quality that you, if you had to look at your five top friends, people that you communicate with most, 
what's one trait that that's, you know, consistent across all five and something that you look for? I would say either vulnerability or integrity. I think integrity is super important to me, something that I value for myself. Um, so I would expect the people I surround myself with were integrate with their words and their actions. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So let, let's get into the story a bit more. Let's get into the story a bit more of like your journey because it, as we had a chat last weekend, it was meant to jump on for five, 10 minutes and all of a sudden it was half an hour, 45 minutes on the phone. Um, it's an incredible <laughs> journey, but you know, for you, take it back as far as you can remember, or as far as you feel most comfortable with, and then just building it up to where you are now. Um, because you are, like I said earlier, WBFF Pro, which is a huge achievement in itself, um, which, you know, isn't awarded to anyone and everyone. It's only awarded to the best. So to get to that stage, like what have you been through? What's the journey for you? Uh, yeah, and maybe I know we haven't got all day and we haven't got the most amount of time, but given the time that we have, you know, let listeners know. Okay, so uh, I already mentioned that I used to live in Adelaide and I now live here in Sydney and I've yep. only been living here for about a year and a half now. Yep. Um, um, so I'll take you back further than, further than, you know, a year and a half, um, back to when I was a little girl. Um, and I just want to put a disclaimer out quickly. If you're someone who's experienced sexual assault and you're not ready to hear this, just be mindful. Um, so when I was little, I was sexually assaulted and I was only 14 at the time. And I never told anyone because I was really scared of, of judgment and I wasn't sure how people would react by, by sharing that. Yep. And so at the time I never told anyone, I didn't tell my parents or my friends. And that was really detrimental to my mental well-being because I stayed silent that power was taken from me. You know, those men took my power and then I lost my voice as well in that same, in that same scenario. And the ways that I acted throughout my high school, throughout my high school years was a way to fill that void of losing my power. And, you know, I partied way too much and drank too much alcohol, like a lot of us do during our teenage years. And I think I was doing that to fuel the void that I had lost and I had this, this mask and I wore this mask and this facade to protect myself in the ways that I had acted as a person. Yeah. And that pretty much took me through my high school years. And, and um, of course I started hanging out with the wrong crowd of people and, you know, I'm not proud of some of the things I did yeah. and all of this escalated when, we went on a holiday to Bali three years ago. Um, so we went on a holiday and everything turned really bad, you know, quickly turned into quite a, a scary situation when my drink got spiked. Shit. And, um, you know, we're on a very small island at the time, no motorised vehicles. Yeah. Um, the locals barely spoke a word of English and I didn't know how it had happened. So, of course, I'm you know, really scared, felt very unsafe. And um, normally when you're caught in like a psychedelic trip, it could last anywhere from, 
um, you know, three to 10 hours. And unfortunately, this trip that I was stuck in, because my thoughts were, you know, ruminating in, in that anxiety, it lasted for three days. And I just couldn't get myself out of it. And I, you know, kept trying to tell myself, just snap out of it. And I just couldn't. And um, that was really scary because I felt very alone. Um, I felt like I didn't have that safety and my friends weren't helping me. And, um, you know, eventually I was dragged to one of the hospitals um, back on the main island in Bali. Um, And I was pretty much just left there. And, um, yeah, I just saw some really experienced, uh, sorry, experienced some really scary things. And, and um, yeah, it just wasn't a great experience um, doing that overseas. So those three days were you on that (laughs) island? So we were on the on the Gili Tea Island for uh, two days, and then back on in Bali, back in um, yeah, well. back in was it Seminyak? Uh Back yeah. in Bali for for a day. Somewhere there, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. A lot of it's just crazy to, to even think about. To bring back, yeah, yeah. But you know, I have experienced you know that trauma in my past. But when I look back at especially what happened three years ago. Um, being able to change my perspective and be grateful for that, Jamie, because it was the first time I opened my eyes to the life that I was living and the person I had become throughout my high school and my teenage years. Mm -hmm. And I saw the people I was associating myself with. um, And I looked at that and I said, well, if that's the people I was hanging out with, what does that say about me? Yeah, true. Yeah. And And it's funny how you had that moment during probably the toughest time. Like you have that epiphany, you have that breakthrough moment when you're probably going through some of the toughest stuff that you've been through. And then you're actually realizing that, well, this is probably not going to serve me. Like this is not where I need to be, want to be, where I want to be in five years. Yeah. And that's why when you asked me earlier, what my greatest thing I'd learned was, was that hardship and adversity really does. It makes us stronger and we're able to, through introspection, through introspection, we can have those those glimmers of moments where we can do that self-reflection, see ourselves, see the person looking in the mirror, see our lives, our situation, and decide, you know, how that was going to uh, play out. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Well done. I think that, that says a lot about your character because at the same time, it could have been very easy to just sink into it and be like, well, this is just the way it is. Um, you know, this is the people I hang out with. These are my friends. This is my life. And this is just the way it's going to be forever. You know, so I'm glad that in that time, yeah, probably, like I said, the toughest time you're able to like switch it around and realize that do a bit of a self-evaluation and say, well, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be around these people. I don't want to live this lifestyle anymore. It's time to make a, make a change. So well done on that. Well done. Thanks, Jamie. So, so you were there, Bali had that record, like yeah, that realization. It's like, I need to make a change. So I'm guessing you came back to Australia. Yep. So I came back home to Adelaide. My father had to rescue me from that nightmare. And, you know, I certainly didn't triumph initially from this experience. It did take me quite some time to look in the mirror and see the person um, I had become. Um, You know, I didn't have any friends at that stage. I was bullied from two of the people from Bali and, you know, I spent a long time, (sighs) a long time 
coping with the anxiety and the depression that comes from experiencing trauma. Um, but that certainly was a defining moment for myself because again, I saw that life that I was living, um, and by slowly, you know, picking up the pieces and, and putting myself back together, the most important thing for me was that I needed to find my purpose and I needed to find that meaning in my life again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that, that, that was one of the questions that I sort of had prepped was like, when did you realise that it was like time to make a change? Obviously, Bali happened, but then when you got back, like you just said, was, was there a moment that you can actually reflect back on maybe where you were or what you were thinking that you're like, yeah, now this is line in the sand. That's the old Nikki. This is going to be the new version, the new updated edition. And I'm going this way. Do you remember that? Yeah, actually, I'm glad you asked that question. And I don't think I've actually um, shared this before. And, and um, I've just remembered it now that you've, you've asked me this question, that defining moment for me, I realized was the morning after I had just received a, like a, um, what do you call it? A prank call from someone from, from Bali. And, and it was something like they just screamed out, Oh, you know, you're, you're psychotic or it was, you know, just some Some crazy weird thing. Yeah. Yeah, Some stupid shit. And I just hung up and went back to sleep thinking whatever you know I've dealt with way worse than this and uh woke up in the morning and just went you know what you know I hit rock bottom when I experienced what I did and now you want to push me further down and I thought no there's no way that that's going to affect me any longer there's no way that I'm going to get pushed to rock bottom and then allow other people to dictate my happiness, allow other to dictate my, you know, my journey or my transformation or my healing. And that was, I remember remembering that, that that was going to be the defining moment for myself to not allow others to control the way I felt, um, not allow others to dictate my own happiness. Awesome. And it's, you know, basically like on what you said there, like when that person called you and you're like, yeah, I've been through worse than this. It's funny that it was almost the smallest thing that you drew the line on. It wasn't the biggest thing or it wasn't the biggest challenge you'd been through. It was just a phone call compared to everything else you'd been through. It was like, it's that phone call. That mm. It was that moment that it, that it changed for you. Um, what, what were some of the things you did though, Nikki, to then you, you call, you drew the line, like the game on, I'm going to, change direction I'm going to become this person from that moment what were some of the strategies and and things that you did to help you know shift your mindset then your physical being to becoming whether you first got into bodybuilding or not but what were the first few things you did there for you yeah so the most defining thing that has allowed me to start that journey of transformation has been through finding my passion and my purpose again Awesome. There's this fan, there's this fantastic book called Man's Search for a Meaning by Victor E. Frankel. And in his book, he talks about his real experiences as a prisoner in the Nazi concentration camp during the World War II. And I'm not going to tell you what happens because I really want you to read it for yourself. I just wrote it down. <laughs> nice. And look, I'm not comparing myself to the horrific experiences uh, that he would have endured, yeah. but this book 
this book is a testament to the inability that one has to escape suffering in their lives. And it highlights the ability, the ability that we have to cope with our suffering and how we can have the chance to change our perspective, to begin to see the purpose in our lives again. And I think that it really does go to show that we, we cannot avoid adversity and suffering. We're all going to experience it at some point in our lives. And with what's going on now with COVID-19, where, you know, we're all being exposed to Great. some really uncertain, tough times. And we have the, cho- the chance to decide what that's going to mean for us. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, yeah. Different. So yeah, that was a defining moment for me was taking my, my uh, experiences and deciding, well, how was that going to control my lives? Was it going to bring me down or was it going to help me to rise up? Um, The other, one of the other things that I've done to help me get through was um, being very selective of who I shared my energy with. And it can be really hard. It can be super, super hard to let go of people in your life who, you know, have a negative vibe or just bring you down. Mm. Um, it might be your partner. It could be your best friend. It could even be a family member. Family members, yeah. But the best thing, the best thing I did was deciding that I wasn't going to let the naysayers or toxic people in my life bring me down and I was going to surround myself with people who only had the best intentions for myself. You know, unfortunately, society society doesn't teach us to purify our minds and our soul. Society tells us something different, especially yeah. social media. And if you want to surround yourself with people like that, you know, that's fine. No judgment. Yeah. But if you want to have transformational growth in your life, you need to um, look at the top five people you spend your time with. Take a very hard look at them because ultimately that's the people you're going to become. Those are the people who are going to help rise you up or bring you down. Yeah. Yeah. And based on what you said there, first thing, education. So you read, you learned self-development, you got yourself right. And then you surrounded yourself with the right people. You know, it was, it was basically you, you, you knew that you had to take control of it. It wasn't, I, you know, tried a million different things. It was, I need to read, I need to learn, I need to educate, I need to get around the right people to make me better. So then be a better person out there. You know, yeah. and that, you know, again, like we said at the start, like that there is with you forever. It's not something that you get today and it's gone tomorrow. Like you built you, and that's always an ongoing journey. Like it's not something that you do today. And, and again, like you've just got it forever. You, you have to day, out, day in, day out, improve on those skills, which I absolutely love. Was there, after that all started to happen and you started evolving yourself, do you remember the moment then again where you're like, I'm winning or I'm getting better at this or I'm, I'm in control, I'm a better person, I'm smiling more? Or do you, do you remember looking at it and saying, shit, I've been doing this for a month. I love this. It's working. Was there a moment for you like that? Um, I think there's been many of those defining moments along the way. I always say to myself that, you have to have a breakdown to have a breakthrough. Yeah. Um, and I've had a lot of, I've had a lot of breakdowns along the way. I think we all do. Absolutely. Um, and you know, if you are struggling through your own experiences right now, you're not powerless and there are many things that you can do along the journey to continue to have, you know, those breakthroughs in your life. 
Um, there have been a few courses that I've done along the way. There was a course that I did last year in July and it was a very, it was a three day intensive course. And that allowed me to open up about my past because I always had remembered what had happened when I was a little girl, but I never understood what I made it mean. You know, something happened and I made it mean something. And, um, that experience took my vulnerability from me. You know, those men took my power. I couldn't be vulnerable, could be vulnerable in relationships with men. And I couldn't be vulnerable even just with my girlfriends, my friends around me. Mm. Um, and that course allowed me to open up about my past, see that resentment and see that pain that I was holding onto and cut loose of nine years of baggage that I was, you know, dragging around, um, on my back through my life. Um, so that was transformational for me to see how I had acted and why, like what happened and why did, why did that happen? What did I make it mean? Um, and that was a big distinction. That was a big distinction for me because, um, it changed the way, um, I took my business as well. Um, I was a PT at the time and I was very focused on getting my clients physical transformations. And that was a big defining moment in my career where I wanted to dive deep into mindset practices and help people with their mental well-being. Yeah. 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 Because again, it's, it's all, it's us. It's like, if you get yourself right, you can go out there and have the best possible physique. You can make sure that you do all the calls for your business, or you can make sure you do all the emails, do the the videos, whatever it is. You can make sure you you launch that podcast. You've been talking about it for, you know, a hundred years. Uh, or you can write that book, but it, like you said, it starts with you. And I love the fact that you've shifted that a little bit more and it's becoming more of a thing now. I don't know if you agree or not, where PT it's becoming that bit of a mold where it is a bit like, yes, I will help you get in whatever shape you want for whatever your goals are. But on the journey, we're going to work on your mental health and your, and your mindset as well. Cause obviously it's a direct correlation. Do you see now that your clients are getting better results with the mindset development as well? Yeah. And your spot, you know, you hit the nail on the head there, Jamie. I'm definitely seeing for myself as well that there is an increasing desire for people to want to live a more purposeful and fulfilled, healthy life. Mm -hmm. And I'm seeing a collective shift towards more holistic approaches. Um, And neuroscience is becoming mainstream as well. And the health and fitness industry is incorporating mindset uh, coaching modalities like journaling like meditation um like mindful eating meditation things like that into their approaches their coaching approaches absolutely i I remember because i did a i did one bodybuilding show so i'm nowhere near at your level uh that was back in what 2014 maybe 15 um and even during that period like kai green was a a a big influence at that time and he was talking about mindset (laughs) i used to almost laugh a little bit i was like what are you talking about mindset man let's go and push some weights like you know, at that time I was, you know, I had no connection or no desire to want to think about my mind and why I thought the things I did and if I could even possibly change it. But this guy's trying to tell me, you know, talk like that. I was like, mate, I ain't watching your videos no more. I just want to watch someone that's lifting weights and show me how to do the best possible bicep curl, you know? Um, but I'm glad in a way it shows that there are people who have been preaching or thinking like this for some time. But like you said, it's only become a bit more socially acceptable socially acceptable now. Um, so your bodybuilding career, how long ago did that begin? And was that sort of something that you went through, you know, during some of those tough times for you personally? Yeah. So when I went 
um, to Bali three years ago, I was already in the gym training to get ready for my first show. Yep. And then when I came back, um, I needed some time off, of course, to, I guess, um, build my my mental health back up again. And when I came out of that, obviously, you know, I was um, really disciplined and I had a lot of tenacity to want to be successful um, in my purpose. And that uh, also correlated into my bodybuilding. So, yeah, so in that same year, I went on to compete uh, twice in the ICN and... IMBA. Nice. Um, and then the year after in 2018, I competed in AMB. Um, and that was like my little warm up to prepare me for the ultimate WBFF show, awesome. um, where I was uh, very lucky to go on and be awarded my pro card. I came second well, and my pro card. Amazing. Well done. Well done. So, what made you get into competing? Like, were you already in the gym and saw all these other women like, wow, they've got the tan on, they're looking crazy, I want to do that? Or like, had it been a dream? <laughs> like, how did competing become a thing? Yeah, look, I was a dancer for, you know, like 18 or so years. And I actually was a dance teacher for six years as well before I moved here to Sydney. Yep. So I was very, um, I guess, exposed to, you know, being on stage, the hair, the makeup, the glitter, glam, that wasn't foreign to me. Yep, yep. And when I went and saw my first bodybuilding show and I saw the girls up on that stage and I was like, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) I was just so impressed, so impressed by their athletic, you know, calibre, the the Mm. athleticism Mm. involved to get up on that stage. And not a lot of people in the gym that I was training at at the time were involved in that kind of world. So that was really new for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I How did honestly, you get to that I think, show? how did you go? Like, did someone invite you? Like what made you go to that first one? Yeah. One of, one of my mates from the gym invited me. I think his mate was competing okay. and uh, his name was John and John asked me to come and watch the show. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, the rest was history. Totally, totally. And then what you you were there like? Oh my god, I love this. You know, the hair and the makeup doesn't bother me, but that I respect the discipline to to do what they've done. And then what you went back to the gym was like, it's my turn now. Fuck it, I'm going for it. Yeah, grind time, baby, grind time. Nice, nice, <laughs> nice. So did you like have the an intention that you wanted to actually compete, or you were like, yeah, it looks like a good idea. I don't know. We'll see how we go. No, that was my. That was definitely my intention from that day was to work as hard as I could to compete. Um, And I was going to do whatever it took to get on that stage over the, over the years um, through self-reflection I've been able to actually discover that there've been some underlying issues around my self-worth with competing. And I think a lot of the reasons as well, why I chased the trophy was because I was trying to fill some voids with uh, my my worth. I felt yeah. very worthless. Yeah. And um, I've been able to really get curious about, well, why do I compete? Like, really? Like, why? Is it for the first place? Because you only get on stage one day of the year. Totally. And then what do you do the day after, Nikki? <laughs> so why? Like, why do you compete? And I really dove deep into that. And one of my uh, friends at the time, 
she opened you know my mind up to some very uncomfortable questions and it helped me see that that I was searching for um my worth and that first place was a way for me to get that you know I felt like I was good enough and if I was good enough that'd mean I was worthy and you know apparently that was going to fill my happiness which of course you know we know that wouldn't going to be the case um so now I can compete for very different reasons I can compete knowing that you know only the one percent can stay can stay committed to the practice and be disciplined and deploy uh deploy you know a level of strength mentally and physically that's needed to come back year after year agreed agreed i think even just stepping on stage is a huge achievement whether it's your first time last time or a hundredth time uh but then to become a pro like that's another whole level again like you said it's for that you're on stage for what five minutes what time do you quarter turns you do a routine it's like done you know and then but yeah. all, all that work and that discipline and i think for me that was my biggest breakthrough when i did my show like because that was when I actually realized that I can achieve anything. You know, I, if I can, for me, I lost 25 kilos in 20 weeks to get on stage. Like if I could do that and then look the way I did, it actually didn't mean anything. At the start, I was like, I need to win. I'm doing this to win. Like, otherwise, I'm not even going to, you know, why am I even doing it? Like, why would I do it come second? Like, I'm doing it to win. But then halfway through, when I started to see my transformation and, and I was obviously developing myself, I started to realize that like, I've already achieved so much in the 10 weeks of this prep and I haven't even gotten to the show yet. So it's already a win for me. Uh, and then all it actually became about having fun. And I think that's why I probably ended up getting in better shape and coming second uh, and then realizing, well, like, this is incredible. That was like, for me, that was my defining moment personally, where it was when I got off that stage in a couple of days, I realized this is what I've achieved. For me, that was the breakthrough moment. That was where I was like, if I can do that, I can do anything. Yeah, and isn't and isn't that a testament to to yourself with your own mindset, Jamie? But really, what you know, why you admired Kai Green was because he would explain these types of uh, ways that you can use your mindset um, to guide you on your bodybuilding journey. That it's not just about first place trophy it's about your own um growth your own physical and mental growth through that and if you can learn to you know love the process um ultimately you're going to come out of that and whether you come first or last um you're going to walk away feeling like a bloody champion because you know how far you've come how much you've learned um and the growth that you've had yeah i think if you put too much pressure on the fact of wanting to come first you probably end up will come in last because you know you're too like you're actually overstressing the the fact whereas if you go in there a bit more relaxed like anything like any business meeting or any phone call or even this podcast so we come into it relaxed like we had a five minute chat before and we're like we're on like it's fine if we came into it so stressed that we need to get it perfect we need this it would have been a complete would have been a mess but i think and then that's probably for me, that's what I've learned during this time as well. I don't know about you during COVID time. We can't hand, like we can't control what's going on out there. I can't control what, you know, Scott Morrison's gonna come out tomorrow and say. All I can control is what I'm doing and what I need to do in my life and my circle and my businesses. And if I can do that right and with my clients, then we can move forward and I can live a happy life. If I start thinking about too much outside and getting it too spot on and too perfect, then no one moves forward no one moves forward. So for you, what's the future of bodybuilding now? Like, is it something that you see yourself doing long-term? Is it probably the next couple of years? Where do you see yourself? Yeah. So, um, 
this year I was actually going to have off from bodybuilding. I wanted Good to do choice. some travel. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to do some travel and I wanted to awesome. grow my glutes. Um, I don't know if you are aware of this, Jamie, but glutes are bloody hard to grow. Um, I wasn't just, aware of that. <laughs> I mean, guys, not to be stereotypical here, you know, I, I know that guys like to train an upper body um, a lot more and, and women, we just tend to enjoy training our lower body. In saying that, I do love a shoulder session, um, <laughs> but yeah, glutes just take time to grow. And I thought, well, I need this time off season, grow my glutes, do a bit of travel, work on my hormones um, and regulate, um, regulate them and then come back year after bigger and better. So my, my uh, goal is to compete in the uh, Australian Pro-Am show, which is in October 2021. Yep. And then um, an overseas show, potentially, uh, depending on where my business is going at that time, um, yep, yep. either before or after that. Yeah, good, good. And I think, and just so I can say, as a male, I actually used to train legs twice a week. Just saying you know, uh, and then my trainer at the time was like, why do you train them twice a week? I was like, why not? You know, um, he's like, yeah, okay, cool. Um, so I'm not all about the upper body, but I actually, at the same, I actually do enjoy a good shoulder pump. That's for sure. Um, that's so, it. yeah, definitely. So, so next year back on stage and then what about after that? Like, is it going to be, I know it's hard to say what you're going to be doing in 10 years time, but do you see yourself doing this long term? That's a hard one. Um, I often question my journey as a holistic coach and yeah. a bodybuilding competitor because those two in some ways can contradict one another because in, as a holistic coach, I'm looking at creating really sustainable and balanced approaches, not yeah. just for my clients, but I want to embody that and lead by example for myself. Um, I want to practice what I preach, right? Totally. So for me, when I look at bodybuilding, although there are, and I don't like saying better, although there are more healthy approaches to um, a calorie deficit, um, I also have to decide, well, what's that mean for my hormones as well? Yeah. And But I love competing. I love competing so much. Like getting up on that stage, Oh, it's just, it's such a great experience. So I'm a little bit torn between what does that mean for my career and my passion? Um, And I'm trying to find a happy medium at the moment and trying to um, utilize both. You know, I really love my my bodybuilding, but my passion, my career is really important to me. Correct. I think as well, like the bodybuilding, like you said, has taught you a lot about yes, the body and what food does and what food doesn't do and, you know, the hormones and, and trying to grow you and grow your glutes if that's what, you know, you women out there want. Um, but at the same time, like long-term, like you said, holistically, is bodybuilding, in your opinion, you know, off the record, uh, is yes. it a sustainable long-term career? Yeah, and there's no answer yet. I'm just yeah. still exploring that. There's no yeah. yes or no at the moment. I'm just like, well... Hmm, and I'm just kind of getting curious about that. So, totally. yeah, I'm not quite sure what that means for me just yet, but we'll, we'll find out. I think that's the fun in it. You're sort of just going with going on the path and just sort of seeing where it takes you. Um, but the, the beautiful thing is that you are heading in a direction and they are very similar. It's just about which which final path do I jump on, um, which which is great. Do you remember that first time that you, like you were backstage before you were about to step on stage, like the first time? 
what were you thinking? I think that I was very self-critical and I was comparing myself to all the other girls. Cause I remember my first journey, like I said, I was looking for that first place trophy. So, you know, I was a fitness competitor back then. I'm now a bikini pro, but I was fitness back then. Yep. So I would, you know, look at the girls pumping up and doing their bicep curls. And I was like, <laughs> Oh, I was like, Oh, she's got bigger biceps and I do a bicep pump and Oh, she's got bigger glutes. And I do a, you know, some kickbacks. So there was a lot of, there was a lot of negative comparison backstage. Yeah, um, yeah. And that's why I love the WBFF because when you're backstage, everyone's like a family um, and everyone's got different body types. So it like it's a lot out. more, yeah, it's a lot more relaxed and chilled back. Um, yeah. But I think my first experience was very like comparative between the competitors. Love it. And you know what? By that stage, all the hard work's done. <laughs> like you're five minutes before stepping on stage. There's not really a lot you can do. Like, to change the result like you've done the work for the last 20 weeks if you if you cheated on your diet like then that's your problem from back then it's not nothing you can do right now you know two minutes yeah. on stage. Yeah. love it love it so for you out of everything that you've been through like what would you say is probably hard again to put a, a finger on it but the biggest thing that like blew you away to what you were capable of doing was there a moment like out of everything you've been through it was like that there blew me away i didn't realize i could do that Oh, coming up with the hard questions, Jamie. <laughs> oh, you know, the viewers want the, 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 the best quality answers. They want the juicy stuff. They want the juicy stuff. <laughs> um, okay. Look, I must say that the course that I did last year in July really did play a vital role in changing the trajectory of my life. You know, before then, yeah, I had looked at my experiences. I had changed my perspective. You know, I was on the route to um, giving something great for myself. But I think I was missing, uh, there was a gray area and I was missing like this illuminating pathway for myself. And since July last year, I've really felt like I found my true calling. You know, from that, I've been able to, like I said, find my voice. I lost my voice when I was a little girl. Those men took that power from me. And after that experience, I found my power and I found my voice. And I, I guarantee I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you right now today. I wouldn't have done the public speaking event. And I wouldn't have been able to even open up about my experience and share that with people around me unless I had gone back done the hard work, look into yep. my past yep. and yep. unraveled all of these things that I had buried and hidden um, yep. deep in my subconscious. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was, that was it. That was a, the big moment for me. Yeah. I'm seeing a consistent or consistencies with your breakthrough moments was the education, the learning. Mm -hmm. It was the book. It was getting around the right people. It was going to this event. It was, you know, surrounding yourself with that, like you said like earlier, the energy, like where are you giving your energy and then you were surrounding yourself with the energy that you wanted to receive. Um, right. And, it's not always and, we that and we don't know what we don't know, right? We can on. only use what we know to help bring us forth in, in our business, in our uh, passion, in our relationships, yeah. um, in, you know, all of your life. So being open to... Um, 
education has been the biggest thing. And, you know, before when you asked me whether there was, you know, one breakthrough along the way, I think for myself, I'm going to be having multiple breakthroughs even throughout the rest of uh, my journey. I think that that's why they call it self-development, not self-developed. Yeah, you don't just do. You don't just read one book, read a course. Uh, sorry, do a course, and then you're developed and you're you know spiritually enlightened. It takes time, yeah. and you've got to you know refine your skills and and uh, architect that journey for yourself along the yeah. way. And and look how far you know in a way society's come. You know, twenty years ago, there's self development books of then, you know, are definitely relevant. But you know, science has come so far. We know more about the brain mm. and the body now than we have. In the, we learned more in the last year than what we had in the last hundred and fifty years. You know, so you, it's you're always going to be developing, and you know anyone that's listening or and, and watching, if you think you've ever reached the you know, the epitome, then I've got some news for you. Like it's never happens. There there is no top. There is no I know everything. Um, you know, imagine how many books there are. You go to a library. Imagine trying to read every single book. Like it's impossible. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're the Dalai Lama and you're spiritually enlightened, then well, you know that's <laughs> why there's only one of him in the world, which says something. Yeah. You know, uh, which says something. <laughs> Let me ask you this, Nikki. Um, for you, let's touch on both sides. Let's touch on the bodybuilding first, and then we'll talk about on on a on a mindset. Top three habits. Top three things that you'd say that you do, whether it's on a daily basis or, you know, let's talk health and fitness, and then mindset. Three for health and fitness, three for mindset. Okay, so for health and fitness and bodybuilding, the first thing I would say is don't underestimate one percenters. Mm. If you work hard every day, but the girl next to you puts in 1% more effort every single day, think about how that's going to accumulate over a year. Right. So you need to think for yourself, what is 1% that I can do today? What is 1% more that I can deploy into my practice? Um, so that's one for health and fitness. Um, another one, uh, to get into the habit is recovery for health and fitness. Recovery is just as important as lifting in the gym. If your body cannot recover, then you won't be able to get into the gym next day and, and uh, apply your progressive overload. Yeah. You know, your muscle grows by damaging and then repairing. And if you cannot repair, then you are not going to have the most efficient muscle building growth, uh, the most benefits to that. So 1% um, is recovery on the gym. One more. I would say... <laughs> oh bloody hell get a good coach now this is more of like a tip than a habit um you need to have a good coach to mentor you along your journey some of the biggest um things i've learned along my journey and some of the things that i instill in my clients have come from my coach my coach hattie um, yeah. and I've had some beautiful mentors along the way as well in that yeah. space who have taught me so much. Yeah. And I've had a lot of self growth as well with my mental, my mental wellbeing in that space as well. There's just such a great community there. You meet women, you can connect with others. Um, and having a coach really does allow you to do that. Good, good. So 
one percenters, recovery and having a coach, mentor, someone in your corner, uh, building that team around you. What about on the mindset? And, and this is also through your journey. Like, What were some of the things that you found that worked for you? Because what works for you may not work for me and it may not work for the next person, but it worked for you. Like, what was that? Amen. Through, you know? Yeah, and you're, and you're, you know, 100% there with things that have worked for me not, might not work for you and you might try them um, and feel like they don't quite land. Yeah. So, and that's even more um, of, of why it's so important to do your own exploration around self-development. Okay. So the biggest thing that I've loved along the past, you know, three or so years has been my practice of journaling. And this allows me to get curious about what's coming up for me. How do I feel? What do I think about? Why am I feeling resistant today? What is that about? Um, And you can start to do a bit of a deep dive with your self-talk, your mindset, your feelings in your body and why things are coming up for you. It really does open that inner dialogue for, um, for your own experiences. It's really powerful stuff. Um, And it's also a chance for you to get grateful Mm. for things Mm. in life. You know, you can start with three things that you're grateful for. And then from there you might go to some affirmations and then just do a bit of a brain dump, just get what's coming up and just get it out onto paper. How how much would you write? Like when you do journaling, like do you give yourself a timeline or do you just let whatever comes, comes out? Um, I've tried many methods. I used to do a method called the 2020, which is a Robin Sharma 5 a.m. Um, approach. Club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 5am club, um, yeah. which is 20 minutes um, of your meditation, 20 minutes journaling, 20 minutes uh, meditation. And, you know, yeah. you might do 20 minutes of, um, you know, just mindful breathing. You know, you can use your 20 minutes in any way that works for you. Yeah. Um, so I used to do that 20 minute, minute approach. Yeah. Nowadays, I just wake up and I just go with the flow and yeah. listen to my body. Some yep, days nice. I do feel like there's too much activation in my nervous system yep. and sitting still with my journal can be quite difficult. So maybe I spend more time breathing that morning. Yep. Maybe I spend more time in my meditation trying to self-regulate my central nervous system. Good. One thing that I'm picking up here and it's something that I'm passionate about and sharing is that there is no right way. The, the right way is whatever works for you. Mm-hmm. You say, not a hate, but I, I, I don't like when people come to me and say, what is it exactly that you do? And I'm going to do the exact same thing. Well, ask me that question, but it doesn't mean that you're going to actually do it because you might do it and think this isn't working, but you think you have to do it because Jamie said to do it. And then you're not getting the results. Like, like you said, listen to your body. There is no right. Like in the gym, like you can probably tell them there's a million different ways to do a, you know, a lateral raise, but seriously, like it doesn't, if you're a little bit here, a little bit there, get the result. I, my number one measurement is this based on results, based on results. Did it work? Yes. Awesome. Did it work? No. Okay, cool. What do we got to change? That's it. Yeah. I love that. Keep it simple. (laughs) If it worked, awesome. What do we add to it? So mindset side, journaling was number one. Second one, second habit. Um, I'd say radical acceptance has been super powerful for me, whether you call it radical acceptance or, you know, changing your perspective, being able to accept my journey in my life and the situations that have presented itself my way 
has been able to allow me to accept my thoughts, accept the things that come from the depth of my heart and my mind. The important thing to remember is no matter what, you cannot change the past. You cannot change a situation. And all we have is the present moment in our lives right now. And the same thing applies for your mental well-being. You cannot change the fact that you have these bad thoughts or a mental illness. Um, And you can't just spend time trying to get rid of it and pretending it doesn't exist and pushing it in the past because I've done that before. Burying it, I've done that. I've buried my childhood and it didn't serve me. It only caused more pain and suffering. So radically accepting a situation allows you to change your perspective and focus on uh, taking steps forward instead of, you know, pushing the past, but really you're just dragging it along with you. Totally. You're making it harder for yourself. If anything, mm. absolutely. So, and the third one, so journaling acceptance and the third one, if you want a mindset perspective. Um, look, I mean, meditation is really cool, but obviously that can be, that's a hard practice to get really persistent with. I found that um, breathing has been really great for me at the moment. Um, dia- yeah, diaphragmatic yeah. breathing. So it's a technique where instead of you breathing through your chest, now I, I tend to be a very um, chest heavy chest breather. I hold yeah. a lot of tightness in my upper body yeah. and I breathe like this. Yeah. Whereas actually we should be breathing through our diaphragm and our bellies. Um, so this technique allows us to <clears throat> breathe into our belly. We hold our hands on, um, uh, on our, our lower everyone, belly. Everyone jump in for a, a little exercise. Here we go. A 10 Can we do it morning. together? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. So you can either do this sitting or laying down. Yep. I like doing it laying down because it's easier to feel the belly move. So we breathe in for four and feel the belly expand. We're going to hold for four and then very slowly, I want you to breathe out for 12. And then we go again, breathing in for four, feel the belly expand, relax through the shoulders, hold for four, And very slowly breathe out, allowing that belly to come back in, allowing your body to relax, feeling the weight of the shoulders release. And then we just do that over a cycle of, you know, five to 10 breaths. And I feel, I feel so good after that. Like I feel lightheaded. I feel my shoulder release the tension. It feels like a meditation practice but it's a lot easier to sit with because you can use your breath to guide you. Totally. I think that there is something that you can do almost anywhere and everywhere. Like if you need, if you're flying and you're a bit stressed out or you're turning up, you're turning up to a meeting, you sit in your car and like I sit again in the zone, you can quickly just reset, go again, deep breath, do that process. Yeah. And I use that one actually when I drive, I find that um, if I'm feeling like I'm stressed, I can, be a bit of a road rager so (laughs) 
<laughs> breathing, <laughs> breathing in the car makes me feel so calm and I can put my classical music on, um, use my yeah, breathing. Wow. And I just sit there in my little Zen moment and just yeah. allow, allow the traffic to pass by. Someone can cut you off and you just wave like a hi. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> love it. Love it. Let me ask you this. Do you, you know, when you left school or, you know, did you envision this being who you'd be or where you'd be? No, I, um, I, you know, I admit I, I stumbled my way through school, never knowing what my true calling was. I thought I was going to be a professional dancer and, you know, dance overseas, dance on, you know, a stage, be a backup dancer, dance on a cruise ship. I knew I was going to do something within dancing, yeah. but I just felt like I never, I just never had that feeling of this is what I should be doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, obviously through the past three years in particular, but definitely in the past um, year, I've, I've felt like I've found my true calling awesome. um, and felt like I've found that passion. And yeah. when I talk about it, I can feel it in my body. I can feel the tingling sensation in my, in my chest um, nice. and it goes down through my shoulders. So, awesome. Yeah. awesome. What, what, what separates you though, Nikki? Because... For me, I think about it like this. In the most unfortunate and most devastating way, there's a lot of people who have been through their own traumas, right? And you've been able to get through that and see the light and turn your life completely around and and be, like you said earlier, acceptance of that and and make you into it and turn you into a better person, allow that to to fuel you and drive you forward. What makes you special though to want to go on? Like who, what makes you special to become a pro? What makes you special to want to be able to, reach out and impact people and, you know, create an environment, like we said earlier, for, for, for women's safety and, and be the voice. You said you found your voice. Like, why you though? Look, honestly, Jamie, I don't think there's anything very special about me. I think there's a lot of people who I look up to and I think that I, you know, I admire them. I think they're courageous and, and mm. special as you yeah. put it. Yeah. But I think what what separates me from uh, and I, you know what I'll compare myself to me who I was in my past. What separates me from the Nikki now that takes action and the Nikki in the past who was just kind of stumbling her way through life was that I had been shown the door, I'd been shown the opportunity and I was going to be the one to decide whether I was going to walk through it. And I think a lot of people have access to resources to show them the pathways, give them the opportunities to walk through the doors. And again, a lot of the things I've learned have been through education, through listening to podcasts, through reading books. And it is as simple as picking up a book, picking up a, um, you know, your journal, listening to podcasts, doing a self-development course and uh, accepting that, hey, sometimes we don't know what we don't know. And being open to new ideas allows us to to learn things about ourselves and learns us uh, teaches us to be able to um, have transformational growth, whether that's in business, whether that's in our relationships or just our lives. Yeah. So yeah. for me, yeah. I, I want to recognize that we all have our own journey. For me, I went through 
um, this stage a lot earlier in my life. I'm very grateful for that opportunity. Some people are going to go through this. Um, they might have a midlife crisis, but they might not have it for another 10 years. And that's okay. Everyone's got their own journey. But you're going to be presented at some stage in your life with adversity and suffering. And you need to be the one that decides, well, is this going to define me? Am I going to allow this to control me in my life? Or yeah. am I going to, you know, take the door, walk through it and um, and be the architect of my life, be the captain of my soul? Mm-hmm. I love that. And I love the fact that you dismiss the specialness of it um, because we all have the ability to do so. We all have the ability to, like you said, make that decision and take action. You said that the difference of Nikki of now and Nikki of then was the action and, and learning and doing things, um, which I absolutely love. Um Starting to to wind it up now, one question that I had, do you remember what was the one thing that someone said to you that has always stuck with you? Whether it's a motivational, inspirational or something like that, um, like what what is it for you? Um, so I was just checking the connection. Um, okay. I would say for... I would definitely say that my coach, Hattie, she told me something a while ago and it's really stuck with my mind. And I often say it to myself now and I hear people say it as well, um, is the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. And so if you want to look at things like what we talked about with your habits, you look at the things with your rituals, with your mindset and your training, Maybe if you're not in the health and fitness industry, what are your habits and your rituals um, around um, your productivity during work? And the way you show up in one area of your life generally is going to translate into all areas of your life. So are you showing up in one area of life? Because I guarantee if you're not, then you're not going to be showing up fully in in another area of your life. So that for me has always always, um, stuck in the back of my mind nice my that's one of my go-to you know when i'm feeling like shit or from you know working with clients it's very similar it's how you do anything is how you do everything um, mm. it's, it's pretty much the exact same thing just worded a little bit differently that's that's my go-to thing like turning up on time getting 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 uh, turning out to meetings you know sending things through when they need to be your self-discipline to do the extra k or do the extra rep you know how you if you do that little extra extra rep in the gym will will you do a little bit extra out in the in the real world outside in whatever else you're doing. So again, this has been amazing so far. Um, I've got like maybe two and a half pages worth of notes. So thank you. <laughs> um, we did have some questions coming through on the, on the Instagram from last night and a little bit this morning. So that it's actually just stopped. So I'm going to reinvite you back. I think it has a time limit on it. Um, so I'm, I've gone online again, live again. Uh, and then we can answer those questions for the people that were on. And we'll give them some time to, to jump back on. Um, because we're also live on Facebook and I can see some questions mm-hmm. coming through at the same time as well. So we're going to do our best to answer as many as we can. Um, cool. I will add you in. Awesome. How good is technology? Thank you so much as well. I know. For, uh, You're so welcome. It's been this really has been good. cool. Yeah. A lot of, and even like you said earlier, after three habits for the, for the, for the gym, 1% is recovery and get a coach. Again, that's in life as well. Do that little bit extra. 
recover, sleep well, eat well, do what, you know, what you need to do. Is it meditation? Is it watching a movie? Is it playing some PlayStation? Is it going for a walk? Like what gives you that Zen, gives you that recharge, so to say? Mm-hmm. And having a coach, yes, for bodybuilding 100% and then also having a coach for life. Like it's, it's invaluable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you need those people in your corner, um, yeah. which is incredible. So let's get into a bit of the Q&A. Uh, I had a question from a from a from a from a, from last night that came from my Instagram, uh, and they sort of said about the, the bodybuilding. But for them, it was like when it does come to bodybuilding, what is your go to pose? Go to pose. You know what? I love um, I love a strong quad pose. When I went pro my first pose that I hit when I came to the front of the stage for my T-walk was a quad pose and I had my hands on my hips. So I had my delts popping and I just went into two quad poses. (laughs) It was like, you can see me like doing the action now, like I'm on stage. Um, And that for me was like my power pose. That was my strongest asset. Um, Now when I went pro, I recognized that they do like, seeing the criteria the judging criteria is small waist big glutes so then I you know changed the way I, I did my posing I didn't do a quad pose um okay. but that's like my fave my favorite okay. just roll up at the front right to the front of stage for the entire crowd and bang <laughs> hit a quad hit a quad did you have any uh questions come through on your end that you wanted to uh answer I did I had some very interesting responses some <laughs> a few inappropriate ones as well my god so did you guys I, so did I I thought we just weird and wonderful. Out. Yes. <laughs> um, I had uh, Glyn is kitchen say, do you like any self-improvement ideas? Yes, I like, I think he means, do you have any self-improvement yes. ideas? Yep. Um, self-improvement ideas. Definitely um, listen to some podcasts um, I like Robin Sharma's. I'm also loving the Mind Valley podcast at the moment. They, they have like premium pro- podcasts. Some of the ideas that I get for self improvement from the Mind Valley podcast are just yeah are just amazing. Um, yeah. So definitely we go for that one. Good. And if you're actually um, on Instagram now, a few people can see that are on there. If you want to put a question in, uh, we'll give you the special attention, and maybe we'll, we'll try and answer your ones as well. Uh, if you're there watching and, and want to get one through. I had Sam Renortners ask me, how, why, when did you start your online coaching business? I really want to start. Well, Sam, I started when all of this happened with COVID-19 because my goal was at the end of this year to go online. And of course, now being given this amazing resource that we call time, I thought, well, now would be the best, the best way to uh, fast track that and learn what it means to go online and, um, and kickstart that now. So uh, that's why um, I went online. Um, how I went online? Look, you've got to have a structure set up already. You've got to have, you know, your emailing system, your contracts, your questionnaires, your programming, um, your, whether you do a Facebook group, Um, whether you do a Zoom call, you need to think about all of these structures. I would recommend getting a business coach, um, someone to help you uh, transition if you haven't gone online already. Awesome, awesome. And then I had one more, one more from Luke Cohan. Um, Hey there, appreciate the opportunity to 
deep dive with like-minded souls. If you don't mind me asking, was there a defining moment, juncture or pick meaningful experience that shifted your life in the direction of spirituality? Yes. So after what happened three years ago, that truly was uh, the moment where everything clicked for me. Um, And I didn't understand what it meant to be self-aware before that. Um, Like I said, you know, I experienced mental health issue and uh, I didn't even know what that meant to live with beforehand. Um, So going through it firsthand allowed me to be compassionate for others who um, are experiencing depression or anxiety or um, anything else like that. And it allowed me to open up my own life um, and what it meant for me to be spiritual and, and aware of my, of uh, my life. Awesome. Awesome. Love it. Love it. Well, I think we will, I think we did well. They answered four of the, the questions that came through. I had about 30, like you said, um, some of them were not the most appropriate for an <laughs> Instagram live and a podcast. Um, but some of them were just like, Hey, you want to win a free iPhone? It's like, absolutely. I do. What do you got? Um, do you want all my data and my <laughs> while you're at it? Um, <laughs> so I obviously didn't apply for that. But again, Nikki, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Uh, I've absolutely taken a lot from it. Like I said, I've got tons of notes here um, and I'm definitely going to go and read that Man's Search for Meaning, Victor Frankl. Uh, it's a great book. It's a great that, book. That. Um, how, can the li- how can the listeners and, and the viewers find out more about you and where can they follow you? Yeah, so if you are listening to the podcast or on the Facebook Live, head to my Instagram and the IG handle is Nikki Casa, double K, double S. Um, and then you can also, if you want to listen to some podcasts, you can click on the link in my Instagram bio and that will take you to all of my social platforms on, on LinkedIn um, and you'll be able to listen to all of the other podcasts I've done in that space there. Yeah, yeah. I definitely suggest following Nikki. Um, you put, you, you actually do put really valuable content uh, and meaningful content. It's not just like whatever. It's you can tell there's some passion behind it, which I absolutely love. Um, so so well done on that too. Um, again, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Uh, I've had a lot of fun. I'm sure you have as well. Thank you everyone else who, who joined us online. Uh, for this um something different uh, and i think we nailed it i think we nailed it virtual high five bang um well done well done well done uh but until next time guys thank you so much for joining us uh nikki again thank you very much uh, and make sure you do go and follow nikki and myself uh, and enjoy and enjoy the journey that we're, we're going on most importantly as well so until next time take care and we will speak soon bye for now thanks for having thanks for having me jamie bye my pleasure my pleasure thank you